Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Full crew back today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Free Market Prep. Central Israel, Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick. Guys, I missed you. Hope you had a great weekend. I'm sorry I missed all the fun yesterday with Lordstown Motors, but I was um, listening to the show for a couple of minutes, and you, you guys uh, had, had had enough fun without me. So good, good to be back here. We got a lot to talk about. Rotation, rotation. Rotation, that's the theme of today's show. We saw a movement yesterday into big tech. Looking at you, Apple. Looking at you. Where's it going today? That's the question. That's what we'll talk about. Our guest today, Nick Shaheen. He's the author of Create Income with Option Spreads and SellSpreads.com. He will join us at 8.35. Talk options, setups, that whole thing. Uh, hit that like button. If you haven't already, hit subscribe. We appreciate all the likes and subscriptions. And Joel, good morning to you. How was your uh, Monday and weekend, I guess? And uh, how are we doing this morning in the markets? Uh, good. Everything's good here and uh, on my front. Uh, S&P's uh, late-day rally yesterday. Uh, we don't see that too often, but added a good 23 points off that low. Uh, we're in the green by 375. Didn't spend much time under the close. The old-time closing high, 4575. I will be keeping on that, as well as the pre-market low, 43 and a quarter. Uh, we're about eight points off that pre-market high at 42.58 and a quarter. And if I said I had a level there, I'd be lying. We've never been up there. And uh, let's see if we can get back up to that area. Uh, another big day for crude oil market. I guess uh, Iran uh, threatened uh, some supplies uh, going down. So less supply equal demand. And you got to rally up a buck oh two seventy. 192 uh gold uh volatile day yesterday showing weakness here getting away from 1900 but it's up a buck 1866.90 silver in the red by 27 cents to 27.77 uh bitcoin trying to make that $40,000 level support instead of resistance up $425 40,135 and ethereum 
Let's get off the mat here a little bit. That's up 57 bucks at 2,600 in one. Uh, Triple D, I mean, rotation we can talk about. Uh, we can talk about those other things that everyone wants to talk about. But uh, what are you seeing in your radar and your filters here this morning? Um, it's a weird day today. Um, and that being said, obviously very quiet. SPY has been pretty quiet here too this morning. You're seeing some of those oil stocks trade a little bit higher, but it's mixed. Some of the banks are trading a little bit weaker here. You had a lot of rotation yesterday and serious rotation. Like you, you were teasing off the hop there, Spencer. Mega caps, mega cap tech got some money. They were hammering banks. They were hammering some of some of the transports did not have a good day. So it was it was a very interesting day. Tech remains in favor here now. QQQs make a new all-time high yesterday. They're back. I don't know. Very interesting rotation. Uh, what do you think? And let's just talk about uh, the Fed meeting. It's a two-day meeting. Uh, the street, the world, everyone who wants Pump and Paul to uh, start to taper, take rates up. And I'm looking, you know, I, I try and get bullish and bearish scenarios, you know, for these events. And it's kind of hard. I mean, whatever whatever happens is going to be bullish, right? Because everything is bullish. But if they do say we're going to taper or we're going to look to, you know, reduce the, you know, the, the buying in uh, or, you know, um, step up the reduction in buying the bonds and everything, they're going to hit the market. And then if they, they don't do everything, they're going to say, oh, they're still doing any, you know, they're not doing anything. We're going to get crushed. But the banks are acting like that. The TLT is getting off the low. So I think you just got a lot of people just focusing on that Fed meeting tomorrow. Yeah, but again, do we really think they're going to do anything extreme? I think the banks are selling off because they're thinking, well, the Fed's hands are still tied. I don't think they're going to do as much as everybody thinks they do. I mean, if the banks are selling off, they're saying that rates, you know, if if we thought rates, they were going to start to get a little biased that, hey, we may raise rates, you know, later this year or next year. Banks would be going up ahead of this, but banks are selling off ahead of this. So that's kind of a tell that I don't think Pump and Pile stops pumping as much as everybody thinks he's going to. Yeah, that that's a great. I agree. I mean, if you still if you look at the TLT, I mean, it's hard to get excited about this. I mean, we know they're not going down, right? You can't go any lower than you know, get off the negative rate talk. Uh, but if you talk about technical formations, just you found a lot of support pre-pandemic in this, you know, one one thirty-five area. You found support there. You finally got a. You're getting some green candles, but it's like you know nothing to write home about. You did clear that one that monthly uh, resistance at one forty-one. So I don't know. It's just a tough trade. I mean, if uh, you know, if 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 they decide that yeah, they get aggressive, then boom, you're going to be right back at that low of the move. What's the low of the move? One thirty-three nineteen. It's a rally in the TLT and the bonds, but certainly nothing to get excited about. And zippity doodah making a good point. There was news out of JP Morgan yesterday. Wow. They were saying that the trading revenue wasn't very good. I'm not surprised because it was slower. We know when the VIX comes in, trading revenue at the big banks, at the trading firms comes in to a certain extent comes in for me as well i'm totally related to the vix my PL is not related to anything else besides the vix vix going up i'm making more money vix going down i'm making less money because most of these banks are trading on spreads inefficiencies similar to what i'm doing although i'm not a market maker i'm still when there's more 
movement, there's more inefficiencies. So there's more, you know, for statter traders, for quants, for um, for market makers. Just as the VIX goes up, there's more opportunities. So you have seen the VIX come in. I mean, we're sitting here at 16. It was actually been a couple of quiet months, really, in the overall market. We've been talking about SPY. It doesn't move. I mean, we've in the last like th- two, three weeks, look at the SPY. Look at the movement. It is very, very quiet. I mean, that is tight ranges, Joel. And maybe we're just, you know, grinding our way higher here. But, you know, the market wants direction. But there's been a lack of interest, what we've talked about, too, in the mega caps. You know, obviously, SPY is made up of main 10 companies. You know, what is it, the top, you know, 30 or something make up the majority of, and, and the, the Q is the same thing. I mean, it's made up of, obviously, the big mega caps. And we've been talking about the Reddit trade. And... Money has been flying into just a few small select names and bouncing them around, obviously led by AMC, but there's been a number of others. So as you see, the mega caps just don't have interest. They're just not moving. Until yesterday, not good for the big banks. Until yesterday. Yesterday, let's talk about this. I mean, that was your leadership. It was the tech. They finally put the money. I mean, Apple, uh, I took I took it off because it was a, a 24-day trading range between 122 and wow. 128 and a half. Going back all the way here. And, I mean, I looked at the news. I mean, they, they talk about some new things that they were developing. And I don't know what happened at that um, event over the weekend. But I was looking, you know, when the spoos were still down five or six, I'm looking at Apple. That's up two bucks. I'm looking at Microsoft. That's up. I'm looking at Amazon, Google, Facebook. On the other hand, you know, the smaller components index, Berkshire Hathaway in the red. Uh, J&J flat. J.P. Morgan in the red. So it's you rotation did, all yeah, the time. Yep. Rotation rotation we used to be able to trade it you know and, and you know i do some of the index are used to be able to like go with the flow and there would be in all the stocks we'd see days where all the stocks are up and all the stocks are down you never see that not in the last few months it's like banks are up tech is down tech is down <laughs> banks are up and 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 the industrials and the transports and the value trade we've seen days where qqq's ripping and iwm's dipping it's been rotation, and this is where the money has been made, is identifying that rotation you know, early in the day, like the day trading money, the 24-hour money. If you can get ahead of that rotation, it's worked very well. I mean, think about how much they were selling the Cathy stocks a month ago, and we were identifying that Cathy wasn't making new lows back when ARKK was 100 bucks, and we could see in some of our individual holdings that they were starting to catch bids. Well, it's been a three-week rotation back into Kathy stocks, back into um, you know the higher growth tech names, and it's been a three-week rotation really where you haven't seen like Newcore was up and up and up and up. Well, look, it's gone nowhere, and I'm long Newcore still, but it's gone nowhere for the last month and a half. Um, U.S. Steel had a horrible day yesterday. I'm long. I sold half of it actually in the morning, which was a good sale. I should have sold it all. Cleveland Cliffs gives it back. You can just see that just the rotation. So when you have a really good day in Apple and Microsoft and Google and Facebook, you have a really bad day in some of the you know the commodity trades, even like U.S. Steel and Nucor, and the banks were having a bad day. This market is all about rotation, more so than I probably have seen in a long time. When, when you say a long time, you mean like 12, 13, 14 months. That's what you mean. Uh, I, or, or even years, like this really? much rotation. Because like I've traded index ARB for, you know, I don't even know how long, probably, you know, like if you went through my trading career, we never really did this. You know, I used to trade, everybody starts small caps, you know, smaller stocks back in 1999, 2000. I was trading a lot of little small cap stocks. They were fun. 
And then I kind of moved into mega caps and I actually moved into like, you know, different types of st- different types of arbitrage, statistical arbitrage. But yeah, I've always kind of dabbled in the index arb where you're in and, and rotation, you know, and trading, you know, the rotation. But I can just tell you from what I see, and maybe it's selective perception. I don't remember this defined rotation so much in a long time, like years, I'm thinking, where you're seeing, oh, we got tech rip and they're going to sell the banks. I mean, really, is there really that much correlation there that you know tech is strong? Are we really that concerned? I get it. You know, the banks want higher interest rates. Tech definitely does not want higher interest rates. I get that. But are interest rates really going anywhere? Probably not, but that's what the market does. So that rotation continues to be where you're making money if you can identify it early. And, and on that note, because Joel had the J.P. Morgan chart up there, you guys were talking about that. Uh, Jamie Dimon said, hey, we've got half a trillion dollars in cash just chilling, waiting to invest it when we get higher rates. And then the other side of that coin about the Fed uh, is – there's a me- even if I told you, hey guys, tomorrow the Fed's going to signal that they may start raising rates in the next year or two, whatever. If I told you that, how would you wouldn't even know what to do with that information? Is if I said they're going to do that, is that good or bad for bonds or good or bad for stocks? You wouldn't even know. Nobody would even know. It's a tough market to just take the information at face value and say it does this because you're right, right, Spencer. Sometimes they do the exact opposite of what you think they should do on the information. Um, Honestly, like we've talked before, this market trades simplistic at times, but then it just trades like ignorant where it just doesn't even care about certain information. So I, I just keep looking at the situation. Do you really think we're going to go into a rising interest rate environment where they start jacking rates everywhere? Do we really think that's going to be, we really think pump and Powell is going to turn off the, you know, turn it all off. Let's start raising rates. Let's tighten up. Let's fight. Inflation. Can't. They, basically can't. Said, they can't. And they basically said they're not going to, they say it's transitory. Can they, you know, slow down the printing press? Sure. They can slow down the printing press a little bit. Are we ever getting into an environment where they're going to start jacking rates? I mean, we're in an inflationary environment right now, and they're not even, they're they're, they're making excuses for the inflation. So that's telling me, the tea leaves are really saying, and the tech move and even the bank move recently is telling you, I don't think they're going to say too much tomorrow that's going to spook, you know, the market and say, holy cow, we're going to a rising interest rate environment. I think they just try to keep the markets as calm as they can. And I think that's why we're starting to break out to new highs because I think the market's calling Powell or calling that they're not going to, you know, that's turn what off he's the been printing saying. press imminently. That's what, that's what he's been saying. I know. He has been saying it. And we're not listening. And maybe we should be listening. The market is listening. Selling off the banks ahead of the Fed meeting. And maybe it's going to be an overshoot. And, you know, and often we do see these snapback rallies. And is it a buying opportunity for some of the banks? They're cheap, man. Maybe, maybe it is a buying opportunity. You know, JP Morgan gets down to 150, great level. Have your levels. I mean, it's still all about rotation. So, you know, if you're going like this and we kind of been going nowhere and we're just trending like this, um, that US deal, I've done it a few times where I'm buying, you know, I've been buying down at 22.23 and selling up at 26.27 just on swing trades there, keeping a little bit of a core position, but, you know, just playing those moves. And I think that continues to work. I think you're still buying dips and selling reps because really, overall, we're not flying higher, and we're not, you know, getting killed here either. So I think we're just range bound. Even though the markets are making new highs, a lot of stocks in a range bound. Yeah, volatility. You mentioned that. That's just been coming in. the uh, The daily ranges have been coming in. Uh, 
you know, setting up an interesting week with the Fed meeting and then the quad witch on Friday. Uh, so a lot of you know, jockeying for position ahead of that. But uh, what we've just seen, you know, in the past, I mean, the, you know, the, the quad witch has gone in favor of the trend and the trend is, is strong, is up here. There's no denying that. So we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see what kind of fire we should get on Wednesday and Friday and maybe be uh, a little bit range bound today, but still holding on to the gains up four and a half, 42, 15 a quarter. Uh, but uh, do you want to drill down on any of the, the big tech that moved yeah, yesterday? Let's do or- it. I mean, at least they're showing life. I'm long them all. We know I'm long them all. I've been long them all. I stay in long them all. But Amazon, Microsoft, the only one I don't own, I believe, of all the big ones is Facebook. And I wanted to own Facebook, and I did for a while. And I probably should have bought on that pullback of 300 hindsight capital. 2020, once again, Facebook breaking out to new highs, too. But I don't know. Is there anyone you want to pick on individually? We talked uh, Apple just- already. Yeah, Apple we talked about. I mean, that's coming in. It had some highs in the 131 handle and then uh, a gap fill up to 131.83. So we'll see if it slows it down. Uh, Microsoft, was it? I think it was the gap down on earnings. You know, we talk about gaps being filled. Look at that. From the earnings day gap, 260.12. You got there yesterday. Oh, almost 259.95. So the only thing you have besides that is the old time high. We talked about Amazon perking up. You know, getting out of the trading range. Got to work into two red bars here off earnings. Hug. Look at this Google chart. Look at this thing. I mean, just it ain't going down. Uh, you got three highs in the same area. That's called, you know, 52.29. But look at the ranges in Google. I mean, it's still probably decent. You know, still a 50-point range. But nothing. And then uh, Facebook. Uh, this is... I mean, maybe I got a seller here, but it's like three highs in the same area. I I I remember when it backed up at two fifty. I don't know if I could show that formation here, but you're certainly not getting any, you know, any kind of you know stalling out now as far as the pattern. Uh tes- Tesla is uh, the interesting one. It's trying, uh, but just you know, itching its way up. That hasn't been as volatile. I'm looking for it to break above these three highs here, the top one, uh, 635. So they're moving. It's just grinding higher, right? Except for the Apple. Apple, the one that had to, did the explosion. But like I said, 24-day uh, trading range, 122.5, 128.5. Um, that's why you got to move off that. I still so. look at a lot of these stocks and think, are we blasting off? Is this, you know, the consolidation in yeah. Apple to take us to 200 eventually? I don't think so. I'm long Apple. I just wonder if this still isn't the environment where you're writing options and you're bringing in premium. Like, give a shout out to my buddy Bruce, who writes the Amazon Straddle every week. He writes it every single week. And well, that, what about and you last week? What? Did you talk to him this week? Because or last week? Because last he might, week, he, and maybe you no, know, he's right, and he gets assigned, but it turns around and comes back down, and then you know he gets out again. So if you're looking at Amazon, he's been doing it for the last year. You could not have picked a better stock to be writing straddles in than Amazon. 3,000 to 3,500 for almost a year now. Almost one year. And they're still giving you premium. I mean, the premium has been sucked in from where it was. But I'm just looking, you know, let's just look at this week. And there's only three days left on it. So maybe it's a better better play to look at next week. But when you're just looking at these straddle prices here. They're huge. Yeah, they're still good. Even this week. Even this week, which expires literally, if I'm looking correctly here, I'm just grabbing my options chain. And obviously, we're looking at it. They're not open now, so we're looking at yesterday's closing prices. 
But our options expiring. This is just this week, so the 18th. So we're talking, you know, four more trading days if we're counting today. 30, you're going to go 3380 or 33. Yeah, 3380. You're getting 30 bucks. You're getting 60 bucks. They'll give you 55, 60 bucks a week to write the straddle. So you think about that. If you were getting 60 bucks a week for the last year, 60 times five, you basically, you know, the stocks went nowhere and you basically just took in, that's a lot of money, 60 times 52 weeks. You're talking about $3,100 in premium. He and, just and- got the entire Amazon price in, in premium. If And maybe, you know, it's been sucked in a few times there, but there was some good premium there too. I know he was messaging me and saying on the earnings, you know, it gets up to like 150 bucks. So I don't know, man. That has been one of the most consistent strategies. And obviously, if Amazon starts breaking out and goes up, you know, a thousand points in a couple of weeks, you really get hammered in that strategy. But you know, back if you maybe were doing this back in April, off. yeah, maybe it'll yeah, back maybe, off. and maybe you work and you got to work out the rest. But I'll tell you right now, that's been one of the most consistent strategies is just writing premium in Amazon. And you know, and probably a lot of those mega cap stocks, you don't want to do it in the small caps because, but in the oh, mega caps, yeah, it's been working. It's been working. Straddle writers have been getting paid for a long time. There's a lot of people who keep buying lottery tickets on Amazon, and those lottery tickets keep expiring worthless. And you're not picking. You're not picking a direction, or you're not making. It, you're like you're just betting on other people to be wrong. And then you yeah. have you have the time. You have time, just like go. You know, if it goes up, it just they erodes. I mean, you see some of these on these weeklies. Some of the in the money options. You know, the stock, you know, moves, I'll, you you know, maybe Amazon, but like Apple, like, you know, probably the 130 calls moved yesterday, but, you know, it moved up from, you know, 127 and a half to one, the pitch of the calls, they don't go up nearly as much. I mean, just because they have, they have a lot baked in and it just erodes. So uh, you've got to have a decent size account, you know, to do that. And you have to, you know, you have to go against the risk. You have to measure the risk versus the reward. And then, you know, kind of, you know, maybe switch to another stock. Maybe, you know, this was the time for Amazon, but, you know, there's other stocks, but you look at this trading range. But working in the queues too, Joel. I mean, if you think about really, 2021 okay well yeah we're 310 344 not working as well but if we were three 300 on the queues back in september which is nine months ago we're 344 now so we are up but i don't know i bet you if you bring it in premium i bet you you're still making money even though it's went up on you and dips and selling reps uh a couple people have now uh, have asked about well if the rotation is coming into tech, it's got to go out of somewhere. What about Caterpillar? Dennis, you mentioned the transport. Coming out. You can look at XLI, really, uh, but you can look at Caterpillar. You can look at the transports. You can look at, like, 3M. Uh, money's coming out. 3M a little bit less, so. But, like, uh, Caterpillar is then dear. Look at that. Cat goes splat. Look clear, at that. Clear rotation. Clear. You know, Amazon. It's not coincidental that Amazon has five updates in a row. Basically, five up days in a row, and Caterpillar has five down days in a row. These stocks move opposite to each other, complete opposite to each other. You have been seeing these clear rotational trends. The algos are trading them this way, and when the algos start changing it up, and that when the algos are you know, identifying rotation, it becomes more pronounced because there's more momentum traders getting on one side, and obviously just identifying that rotation. Like It's crazy to think, well, Amazon's up. I better sell my Caterpillar, but that's this market right now. And Boeing, exactly right, guys. It's the same thing. Well, I've lost Vegas Sands, you know, and I have the barbell approach going in my long-term portfolio, so that just means it doesn't go anywhere. 
because <laughs> he gets some tech stocks going up and he gets other ones going down. I put Las Vegas Sands. Well, that's not doing good for me, but my Amazon's doing great for me right now. <laughs> Maybe this barbell approach sucks, Joel. It just means your account doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, barbell dumbbell. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll wear some straddles on Dennis's account. There you go. <laughs> uh, Joel, can you give some levels on Caterpillar? People want to know. Oh, Jesus, Murphy. I know. Uh, well, Wow. It's hard. I mean, how many, uh, wow, how many lower? It's hard to be a seller yeah. here now, Joel. You're kind yeah. of in the middle of nowhere. I like that low back in March, the 208, but that's 10 bucks down from here. Is it getting that low? I think I'd be a buyer in the low 200s. I mean, I think, you, I, yeah. I think I would come in and be a buyer of Caterpillar. I think you're getting to a point where, okay, let's get our orders ready just in case it gets stupid. Um, and and that's to. another thing too, is, you know, you can always put your order out there. It doesn't cost you money to have your order out there. And sometimes you just get some crazy moves and you're like, boom, you get your price. And you're like, oh, I bought that down there. Have your levels. I think low <laughs> 200s, I'd be a buyer Caterpillar. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think you're coming here on this trip though. Probably um, not. It's probably too far. Yeah. And uh, I've just drew this line across here, 260. 216.35 because I see three other lows in that area, right? And this this string, this is of lower highs and lower lows and lower closes. I mean, this one was a little bit different. I mean, those things don't persist forever. And the other thing about this one, why it looks kind of perky to me, is uh, you settled, you did make a new low for the move, but you came back and you settled in the upper portion of the range and you're trading up a little bit. So I don't know. I mean, leading on it here, I wouldn't, you know, if I'm taking a shot at 219, 220, you know, I'd lean on that low from yesterday, you know, and say, okay, get a swing trade, look for a kind of retracement. I think you could, it'd be more fun to look at this at 221.97, that was the high from yesterday. Like the highs have really come down. Let it show some strength to you. Let it take out the previous day's high and go. But I mean, there's enough lows in this area here for me to, if I was short, I would be like, oh man, did I miss covering at 216, 217? If you're and short you're, and it just yeah. dropped 20 bucks in four trades, more than no yeah. news. But yeah. in the last four, we were 240 to 219, so I'm rounding here. Oh, okay. Box. I mean, that's a good move. I mean, I always get out too early. You know I exit the trades too early, but I'd usually – I don't get caught holding the bag as much either. Sometimes I overstay my welcome. There's but reference the part, points here. I'm usually out too early. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably bring it in at this point in time. Yeah. Short. Am I going long? Probably mm. not. Not yet. Deer is another one. We know Caterpillar moves with Deer. I've pair traded these two stocks against each other for 20 years. They that. still work well together. The cat, obviously, a little more pronounced the sell-off than the Deer. But Deer is leaking here, too. Get down to that 320 where we broke out from back in February. Starts to look interesting. I mean, this thing just kissed a 400 bucks, And all of a sudden, a month later, you're going to get her for a 20% discount here. So I think a Deer and Caterpillar... I know people don't like being a contrarian. They don't like, you know, coming in. This is how, you know, I've I've approached my longer-term portfolio for a long time. Like Lockheed Martin, you know, I picked that up when everybody was hating it. And it had sold off significantly. went from like 450 and I got it at 330. I took some heat and went down to 319. It's back at 389 now. So that's the way I do my long-term trading short-term. It's all just, you know, if I can identify the rotation, then obviously it's a different story. But Short-term trading, it's hard to go against the momentum. And uh, the other thing, just like with the cat here, 
Uh, I mean, look at that green monthly candles here, right? Look at the succession. I mean, I don't know, almost every month up. Now you got a red candle, a pretty big red candle. Who says this doesn't grind between 215 and 235 or between 205 and 240 after? Look at this period of consolidation that you had uh, between for like two years. They don't usually bounce right back. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one thing to consider, too. Do you have to be early? Do you have to be the first buy? Do you have to get in it today? You usually get more than one chance when these things are coming down. I often like to buy the retest. Like when I was picking up some of these you know, momentum names that we were picking up a month ago, some of the tech momentum names, even like a Fubo, I wasn't picking the bottom on that and saying, okay, was well, this cheap enough? I'm going to buy it. And the ones that I did do that were not good purchases. But I, I waited for the consolidation station. And if you look, when I struck on Fubo was when right it was here. holding that 20. It had three, four lows in the same area. It was at the consolidation station. I'm like, I'll lean on the 20 and I'll get a look at the upside. Now I sold 25 because <laughs> it went up three days later. And I was like, 20% of my money in three days, I take it. Um, obviously, continue to go higher. Again, I get out too early. But, you know, that's, you know, where I had defined risk. I wasn't trying to buy it when it was going straight down. I waited for it to stop going down find a period of consolidation and then strike. You know, recently with the workhorse, when I bought that one at 10, again, selling it too early. But, you know, there was a little bit where I thought just short squeeze trade was going to start too. Bed, bath and beyond. This is what the market's all about. It shows you its hand every once in a while. It gives you a, like a little glimpse of what it's going to do. And it's it lags. People take a little while to figure it out. If you can figure it out before the next guy, you got a shot. The reason I went and bought all those short squeeze stocks uh, two weeks ago was because not because of AMC and GME. It was when they jacked Bed Bath & Beyond that day. They took Bed Bath & Beyond. You can see the ridiculous candle from $27 up to like $44 one day. When it went from 27 to 35 I was like, they're going to start grabbing every stock again like they did back in January that has a short interest. And that's when I went and bought Workhorse. And that's when I bought Clover. And I bought 25 stocks that were high short interest that day we talked about it. i even tweeted about that i said high short interest stocks are going to start to catch a bit go back find that tweet i tweeted it that morning and i mean they continued obviously i sold all of them way too soon but they were all good trades i mean i made 30 percent on workhorse in a day i made something like 25 percent on clover in a day do i wish i would have held my clover i had no idea it was gonna be able to go to 26 i took it from eight to ten I thought it was doing really good. It went from 8 to 27. So I, I sold way too early. But that's okay. You know, you don't have to, you know, th maybe that's a problem. Maybe. But a lot of times, you know, I sell. If you sell too late, sometimes you don't make anything at all. So I'm not chasing. You're looking for those, you know, those tip-offs where the, where the market tips you a little bit. Bed Bath & Beyond was a tip. It gave you a, a, the whole market a tip that they were going to start grabbing those stocks. And that's what you know, you're trying to identify. And that's where you can grab some alpha. All right, we got uh, we got some data. Give us some data here, Spencer. Uh, PPI, retail sales, the Empire State Index—they okay. all kind of weak, or, except the uh, PPI was a little bit stronger. Why don't you give us uh, those? Yeah, retail sales a little bit lower than expected, down one point three percent in May versus a consensus estimate that it would be down point six percent. So. Um, we're going red. We're going to go red here. They didn't. They don't like that data. Uh, we're up three quarters of a handle now. Twelve points off the high. So we're we're leaking here. Looks like we're going to go red pretty soon. Yeah, PPI was was, was in line. Uh, month well, core PPI month over month was better, higher than expected. But yeah, I mean, 
I don't know the last time we've ever talked about the Empire State Manufacturing Index. But, you know, <laughs> I just saw it when I was like, <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I, I, I before we move on from the uh, rotation discussion, uh, we got if we're going to talk about rotation, we should at least mention the best performing sector over the last month, which is real estate. XLRE is the top performing sector in the S and P. You can look at that, that. You can look at wow. some of the top holdings in XL XLRE, like um, like uh, American Tower, right? Crown Castle, CCI, Public Storage, some property, right? Uh, Prologis. The, the, these are these are the, the biggest names and uh, the biggest weightings in that ETF in that sector. And this is the best sector in the S and P 500 in the last month. Even better than energy, huh? Yeah. Oh, but okay. if you're coming in now, like I, look at this well, prologist yeah. move. I mean, this is from $95. You know, you're talking these are REITs. Yeah. You know, that pay decent dividends and typically don't have big moves. These are big moves for these. Help guys. me on that symbol, folks. PLD? Prologis? Oh, okay. Yeah. PLD? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. so you go 95 to 125 in three months. That's a huge move. Spencer, you're absolutely right. These are huge. Huge moves, these stocks. It's been trend. There hasn't been any violent upswing. Like it hasn't been like, oh, we ripped five, ten bucks in a day. Just been a slow, steady climb. And I guess you know you draw, you take your Jeff Mackey purple crayon. But look at that top left chart. You know you can say, oh yeah, the top right chart that Joe's showing, you know, is a nice trend. But that is out of the ordinary for a, you know a stock, a, a REIT to have that kind of move. So it makes me think that you know if I was long this thing, I'd probably be looking at it this time maybe. You know, to well, I guess the top left chart, but 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 they really top, moved. top right or yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's three. been a it's been a huge move for REITs. It's a bottom left chart. I, I, I'm I'm got the glaucoma vision. I can't see these. Four yeah, where your glass? You got your glasses? I got on? the glasses on. I got to get a you need, stronger need prescription. A new I think here, you need but a new strap. it's been a big move. Bottom line, it's been a really big move for Prologis, an out of the ordinary move that they move this much. They typically don't move this much. So this is I a, think if I'm a, in those, I'm booking some profits. 126, folks. Keep an eye on that today. Last three sessions, 2632, 2618, 2617. You're flat on the session right now. And 120, wow, this is quiet. 126 to 124. If you want to try and sell on strength, look like you got a seller at 126. If you want to sell on weakness, la last three lows will spitball at 124. This is kind of light, man. This thing only traded 125k yesterday. Holy mackerel. That is not an active stock at all. Spoos bounce off the close right now, two and a quarter, just as I predicted it would go red and uh by the dip. <laughs> the two and a quarter. We'll see. Interesting. Uh, they took the data, hit a little bit, but uh bouncing right back. Mid-range on the session, 51, uh 42. 51. If you're interested in that retail sales number by, by category, uh, looks like the strongest category last month was clothing sales up three. Hell yeah. People need to buy new clothes. Weakest, weakest building materials down almost 6%. Uh, probably supply chain problems there. Um, and then easy Mike noting that American Tower it goes ex-dividend next week. If you're in that read space, know that okay it's 8 35 let's bring on today's guest nick shaheen he's the author of create income with option spreads and sell spreads.com joins us every other tuesday nick good morning sir good morning to you guys you fun show some, so far I have some thoughts and some things we're talking about let me, let me i bring, do let me bring up your caterpillar caterpillar chart here and you can oh uh, yeah okay yeah so so the cat thing i i would sit tight in it um, you know, I, I drew this stupid, whatever harmonic or whatever you call that, I was practicing with it, but I saw one push 
this is a monthly chart, so it's super long term, right? There was one big push and then a consolidation period, which is okay to go downwards a little bit, and then another big push and even bigger. But if you consider just the rally from the pandemic low, the 50% Fibonacci oh, right. is is way below where it is. So if I'm taking conviction longs, this would not be the dip I would buy. So I tried to buy the dip in Caterpillar as a trade by selling puts and put spreads on a bad day. There's no premium there. So this is the stock I would I would not use that strategy with. So I was listening to your uh, Amazon friend selling the straddle. That's pretty good. But like you said, it needs a big account to do that. So you, yeah, can, modi like you, can, you can modify it a little bit. So the premium are big enough to maybe somebody can buy 100 shares by selling one put. But then the selling the call is just ridiculously scary in this market, given what's going on in Reddit. So what I would do is I would modify it a little bit, you know, sell the straddle-ish and like buy a, a, a sacrifice call above it to like limit your upside oh shit moment. So so that you're not you can still make some money in that strategy but not completely blow your account out because that's just ridiculously risky right now to sell anything exposure unlimited because when you sell a call you have unlimited risk to the upside um you're losing money for as long as the, the price is rallying and you can't cover you rarely um, just do that like just sell the straight you always like protect yourself i mean you got the site sell spreads right but right <laughs> No, so. I do sell on the bond. If I believe in a company, like if somebody loves Apple and they would absolutely own it at said price, you yeah. can sell that with confidence because that's yeah. what you want. You sell the put to own the share. Yeah. So you're almost saying, give me the shares. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, Facebook earlier. So you're not too late if you're trading Facebook. You've got a couple of failures above you now, which will be the triggers. So I would set an alert. I mean, you know how to do it. But I think if they take out the recent fail at uh, June 8th, whatever it was in the morning, the pre-open maybe, or at the open, that would be a trigger up maybe. Uh, depends on the environment in the market. So this is it. You saw the close yesterday. It was strong. <laughs> what? You know, 12 million shares in the Apple last candles. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? On a Monday, you yeah. know? Uh, so that was a little strange. So you have to be tactical in this. You cannot be strategic to where, okay, this is my entry point. If you pull up the S&P chart, like a monthly chart, on what planet is this a starting point for setting up a whole portfolio? You just can't. You have to be tactical about it. Uh, that's my opinion. So but tactical meaning you trade more than you invest in this environment. It's like the meme trading is spreading and infecting everybody. We have I to do it. I think you're spot on. I think this has been like I look at my long term investment portfolio and it's kind of just sitting there. But my trading portfolio has been doing really well because we've had lots of opportunity where you've got, you know, buying the dip and selling the rip. And there's been a lot of, you know, chop. And it's been it's been, you know, and, and obviously not maybe in some of these AMC GameStop stocks, but, you know, it's been a, a trader environment where contrarians have been doing pretty good. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are some pretty good opportunities in the meme stocks if you're but I think you have to get in those rooms because if you're if you don't, you're on the outs with them. Yeah. You're on the outs with the hedge funds. You're screwed. You're like the yeah. little person out there that's that knows nothing on either side. There's a war going on and you're right in between of it. But meanwhile, there are a lot of uh, trading opportunities like that. Amazon range trade was fine. Uh, Iron condors worked fine. And then one day it didn't because it. it <laughs> It shot up three or four days in a row, and that was a, an incredibly uh, exciting um, rip. So the mega, the giga caps haven't taken their move 
like the rest. So we could still leap a lot higher from here, but you can't take conviction long. So you have to be like, uh, you have to wear the trader mentality um, within your investing portfolio. Is That's there anything my... on your radar right now like that you're looking? Because we just so, made new highs on the SPY. We just made new highs on the Qs. Right. I mean, we look, Caterpillar looks sloppy. But, you know, what are you looking at that, you know, maybe is going to participate <laughs> in this next leg up if we get a leg up? I love to buy dips on good things. So yeah. if I see a good stock falling into support, like you were, you guys were looking for entry points in Caterpillar. I did that on the bad day. And I just couldn't find anything I can sell and, and, and be worth my effort because I didn't see a clear floor. Sure. You mentioned the low 200s. Um, I saw 198, but then I zoomed out and I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to get <laughs> It's a come a long way. This was a $100 stock a year ago. So. Right. So I, I got out of that idea. So we have been, like last time I was here, I said I was long the TLT and we got paid the same day. So that was really good entry point. Uh, but the TLT may have a second leg up, depending on what happens with the rhetoric today, this week, with with um, what Powell says. After you remember, they released this statement. The stock market moves up and down on that, and then they he reads the statement, and for some reason, it also moves up and down on that. Which is, <laughs> the same thing. And, and then the important bits come when he's off script. And they start saying things. So last time he almost messed up by saying, well, you know, one hot jobs report won't do it, but how many will? And he almost said a number. So maybe he will say a number this time and freak everybody out. But anyway, so we bought some dips in Zoom. Uh, we range trained Lyft uh, with credit put spread and credit call spread. That worked. Yesterday, the credit call spread got into hot water if somebody didn't close it when it was six cents to close. Um, and uh, we we traded the dollar, paid a little bit, but not a lot. The UUP trade is really disgusting. Spotify, we we caught a, a decent trade on that. Hua, I think I'm pronouncing that right. We yeah, took a bearish trade in the SPY. Uh, debit put spread, very soft way to, quote, short the market in case something happens at like 422 and a half. That costs a dollar, uh, $2. Yesterday, it was up a little bit. This morning, it'll probably be down a little bit but it's for balance in somebody's portfolio. So the easy way to create balance if you're worried about some downside scenario is to just either sell a call spread in the SPX with like, um, I don't know, uh, give, give some room. So usually I would collect a dollar on a risk of $5. So 25% uh, yield if you succeed, but that's its job is to die. But if the stock market drops, then you get some cover on your longs somewhere else. So this is the kind of stuff I've been trying to share because you have to be responsible with it. I shorted CVX. I think I said it here last time. That played out. I was short Bank of America. I closed it after a little bit of gains. I left Goldman Sachs short to play out. That played out really well. So I, I have some Goldman Sachs shorts still, but very little with house money-ish. So I would close it if I see it turn around technically. But right now, I still favor the downside for a little bit. But what that's kind of also, premium, what kind of premiums you see and headed into the the quad witch? It just seems like things are just uh, overall just pretty quiet here. Well, the Goldman Sachs thing, it was a I was playing a specific uh, setup and I paid. Um, I, wait, I forgot the premium. But what I did is I sold the call spread and bought a put and then I closed the call spread for almost maximum gains. So now I have money in my pocket. It was like 90 cents from the call spread. Um, and then I sold a put against my long put, kind of turned it into a diagonal, but now I'm left uh, with an another one. So I sold it again. So it's a complicated way of reducing my out-of-pocket out expense. So now I'm 
like fraction, I'm barely paid anything for the split that I'm long for July at 350. So I'm sitting in it. I don't want it to go to 350, but if it has another whoosh lower, I can make my trade a little bit hotter. So this is a specific little um, weakness in the chart that I saw, and it's playing out almost verbatim to how I verbatim to tick for tick to how I played it, draw drew it. So I'm confident with it. And if it doesn't work out, I didn't risk much. Let's talk a stock that's moving right now here, Nick. They're all talking about it in the chat. DKNG Hindenburg just came out with a report here entitled uh, DraftKings, a $21 billion SPAC, oh betting it can hide its black market operations. And DKNG okay. just got hammered on this report that just well, came out. It's down guess, three bucks right now at 47 and a half. Um, I guess I'll be stock, selling puts or puts trades today. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you come in like you see this yeah. whoosh? Like we had a bad yeah. day for DraftKings yesterday mm -hmm. ahead of this report. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're having a bad day again for DraftKings. So we're down basically 15% in two days in DKNG yeah. here. Is this yep. something you look at, you know, would, like, okay, well, I, this is hard enough that I'm going to get some premium here and, yeah. you know, write some puts? I, I would do a trade against three different levels. Depends on the speed of the trade. Depends on the time frame. Uh, so the first one, exactly where it's at, that should be a support level. And then you have a good base at 44 and a half ish, 44.4. And of course, the base out of the whatever Tizzy it had in May. Uh, but you have to put stops. Like if that May low goes away for whatever reason, I don't think it does it alone. But if that May low goes away, that's a shoulder to something pretty nasty. Uh, so, but the downside target of that is so low that it's the improbable scenario. So I would go long against that too. So it depends. If I'm selling long dated, I would hide behind somewhere around the 40 to sell a put. Uh, but if it's shorter term, I would get gutsier. Uh, so, but this is something I would do. I did that in skills when somebody said, oh, accounting, whatever. So yeah. um, uh, when you see a good stock opportunity, and I'm not saying like the fundamentals are great now, this is a growth company. But it ha you, you can't deny the potential that it brings. You know, it's got the, the name, right? Like the right. name, too. Like people think sports betting. You think right. DraftKings right away. It's the and first people, name you think about. Once you start doing that stuff, you don't stop. So it's like coffee. It's, it's a base from which you grow. It's not going to go back. So I think that the dips in this one, within this environment, so that's the other thing. You have to consider the whole macro. So you can't go all in because the whole macro is extended. You mentioned uh, earlier that, uh, Joel, that the, oh, we're going to go red, right? So if you look at the ES five minute, it looks like a inverse cup and handle, head and shoulder-ish. So if it loses 42.45, it could whoosh down to like 42.39 and people will freak out. But, that, <laughs> but, but that, that is watching ticks versus levels. So then they capitulate at 42.40. But 42.40 was yesterday's point of control. So this is where it's going to find support and that's not the place to get out. Uh, so... You don't watch the ticks and react to them because that's what creates the FOMO. You bring your levels, you do your homework, you set your alerts, and you let that work for you. So when I set alerts on DraftKings, I have alerts, and I will get a beep as soon as the market opens because it hit my level. And it will say, start looking. That's what my note would tell me, start looking. Other notes at 40 or 41 would say, get long. Because at that point in time, I'm sure I'm going to be you know, looking for a change of underwear because markets are going to be falling. But instead, I'll get this note to myself from myself saying, get long. So overcome your fear and do as you said to yourself you would do in the homework. So that's the only way you can tr trade these days. 
with a bit of like instead of winging it. So you have to have a plan. You set the alerts. You act on your alerts if possible, and you reserve the right to change your mind. So, but everything starts with the overall picture. So, how's the market? It's too extended. I'm not saying short it. You can't. Technically, it's it's an open air breakout. There's no reference points for the bears to shoot against. So there is risk upside. Uh, so you have to respect that. The giga caps can take us to the moon. They haven't done much. And then you get the fact that, oh, my gosh, we've been up so high. Uh, yesterday, I put up a chart of the NASDAQ, and I tried to put a highlight of the dot-com bubble and the 08 debacles. I mean, you can't. You need, like, a telescope to see them. And uh, just talking about the mega caps here, Apple had that uh, that breakout yesterday, uh, 24 day trading range. Uh, so, down 58 cents today. I mean, is it just a little, throwing a little head fake well, on us, or I, is I, I, Apple I, finally going to move? I'm looking at Apple, and I think the two candles that matter most for this breakout here is May 7th um, and May 4th. They had. Uh, the top of the red candles, if you look at the tails yep. or the top of the body, you have two at the same place, which were support before. So if there was a bear stop zone, it would be somewhere around 131.15. Um, that's where the bears could make a stance. Plus, if you look at the breakout neckline, this would be about the target of that inverse, whatever it was that took it up there. Technically, from looking at the open interest, Apple does not have room to run from the open interest. So the market is not ready for it. So chances are it will be uh, face resistance on the upside today into the rest of the week. And I have to tell you, I've never seen downside pressure in the open interest in the SPX as there is this week. So if there's ever to be a rug pull week from the open interest, this is this would be it. Um, I'm just saying, making an observation. It's not a tradable thing. It's just a, hey, let's not get. You're just saying you're seeing a lot of open interest. I mean, it's just because everyone is, you know, and shot every overshot everyone's, you know, parameters. Well, if you assume that the market makers sell stuff to make markets and they don't lose money, they need a drop. (laughs) That's a good, that's a good way to put it. Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with the Option Spread. You should all check out his newsletter. The link is up on the screen. Yes. So in the chat and it's in the description of the video. Just scroll down, guys. Scroll down. And 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 there's somewhere on Benzinga Pro, there's a chat room for me somewhere. So yes, exactly. Nick has his own chat in Benzinga Pro. Check so you can out. come hassle me in there. Yeah, it's called, it's called, <laughs> it's called BZ Options in the chat widget. You can hang out with Nick all day. Or whenever he's there, Nick Shaheen. I'm all here week. all day. Okay, great. Then you can hang out with Nick all day. <laughs> Have a good one, Nick. Thank you. All right. Um, let's talk about this this short report, guys. So, okay. Hindenburg is out. Um, if there is a short selling firm that is hot right now, yes, good it point. Is, it is Hindenburg. These guys had uh, Nikola. They had Clover. They had. Lordstown. Now, that's not to say they are always right, uh, and it's not to say stocks always go down and stay down on their reports because that is not the case. You can look at Grogen, for example, which they had a report out last year. Grogen is well significantly higher, right? So they're not always. It's not like Hindenburg comes out, stock always has to go down and stay down. But they are pretty hot. They're coming off a big win in Clover, Nikola, 
and Lordstown Motors. Um, unlike those reports, though, this report on DraftKings, um, it's not uh, focused on the financials, right? It, they're, they're not calling DraftKings a smoke and mirror. They're not saying it's all fraud. There's no there there. They're not saying any of that. This is just related to the third party that was involved in their in their uh, deal to go public. This Bulgarian-based company, SB Tech, which I've never heard of before just now. Um, and they're saying this company, SB Tech, is basically um, a front uh, for, for black market operations, dealings with the mafia. Um, and then there was one, one little bullet in there about some other people in the industry have doubts about DraftKings' uh, model, essentially just um, burning cash on marketing uh, and hoping it, it they, they earn it back later. But the main crux of this seems to be this SB Tech company, which is what DraftKings now now owns, um, and their past dealings with organized crime and the black market and that sort of thing. So, um, and the fact that the stock is, I guess, expensive. Um, has a high valuation so yeah well, we know that right it's so it's, it's not quite the same kind of report where they basically said with clover and and lordstown and nicola these guys are frauds there was nothing here with DraftKings, it's more like uh they you know they have a business the biz, some of their business is probably involved in some illegal stuff um so it's it's a different degree of of allegation there um and that seems to be the main crux of the report this I'm is just, just yeah, tough, yeah. tough. You're catching the fallen knife. I would say, you know what? You broke out from 45, Joel. What's yeah, it do there yep. first? Did it? Yep. Did we get down? How low do we get in the pre market here? Uh, you're right. We well, we got into uh, the 46 handle. Yeah. So 46.26. It could have a date with 45, and does it bounce it the first time? I think it could, but again, you're trying to catch the falling knife. This is the hardest trading. Because when you get this kind of volume, this kind of momentum, this kind of fear, you know, it can do. And maybe they just shrug it off and they bounce it right back and say, look, you know, growth tech has been, you know, coming back here. And this would be classified as growth tech. And here's an opportunity where we can buy the dip on a growth tech name from somebody that just has an opinion. So I I think in the low 40s, I'd actually be interested in this in the low 40s. But 46, 47 kind of maybe early and in the middle of nowhere. And I'll add this. Uh, we, we learned this with the Clover Health report that when Hindenburg comes out, they may not necessarily be short. In this case, they are. They are short DraftKings, uh, and they, they said that. This they got time. some guts. Yeah. Like oh. with, uh, with everybody that's having it for short, you know, yeah. people who are shorting stocks are coming out saying, we are short this stock. We are knocking it down. Um, be interesting to see the Reddit response to something like this, like from some of the people are talking about. Cause it seems like we need public one. shorts out there. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, yeah. this is a tough one. But uh, you know, I think they caught it right, right? Yeah, you know, you had to rebound off that forty low. You got over fifty five. You know, coincided with this high here. A couple, you know, big can red candles. People, are, man, I got to get my money back between fifty and fifty five. So, you know, if they got it off here in the last three, four, five days, you know, big red candle yesterday. I don't think I'd. I, I think I'd be more interested if this could get back and and hold forty eight. And that that's just you know the mid range here of this move from 40 to 56. So you mentioned the 45, but let's let it shake out today and maybe not try and pick a bomb. But if they're really going to shrug off this report, then it's going to, it's going to hold this low, get back, close over 48, fill what's the gap from yesterday, 50, 41. 
that's what I'd be looking at in this one. It, uh, they caught it. They caught it right. I don't know what, you know, if they shorted it yesterday and covered it today, I don't, I don't know about that, but um, I don't know. It just uh, needs a whole 48 for me to think it's going to go back and test that 56. I'm more inclined to buy the dip than sell the dip on this. Yeah. And I never yep. like selling the dip, but you're off significantly. You got some news. I, I just don't want to be early. That's the only thing here. Like, I mean, I don't even know if they've talked about it on CNBC yet. So <laughs> uh, it's always the, you know, because you think, okay, I'm going to buy the dip and then boom, they talk about it on CNBC. Because like, oh, no, that's when the masses find out about it, yeah. you know, like yep. they do. So, and you know, it'll get some tension. I haven't been watching Kramer here this morning. I don't know if they've talked about it yet or not. I don't think so. They have not. I think 40 to 45 is a buy zone for me on DraftKings. So you're getting there. Um, that's just my opinion. I own Penn Gaming, which is probably getting hit on this too, I'd imagine, just in sympathy, which it is. Um, but, you know, I've, I've owned DraftKings a couple times, and I've played it down there before in the low 40s, and it's worked out for me. So I think there's a buy zone down there in the low 40s. Um, I, I kind of like it down there. If it, it was to get a little bit lower. If you're going to talk DraftKings, you got to talk Penn too. There you yeah. go, Joel. Yeah, I mean, I got it up there. I mean, it's it's hanging. I mean, it made the low for the move, but it just it just can't get like the legs that it had before it's just kind of been in a trading range i think was this 80 80 got up to 86 i mean this didn't rally like the DraftKings did um off the low it just seemed uh, just no interest in these right now. and i wonder if you think casinos about, are having trouble too remember yeah. Penn gaming is not a pure bet on online sports betting you know they've got the physical casinos they've got you know barstool so it's a different animal like i know we just lump it up and say pen draft kings paired them together and there is a pair trade to a certain extent but they've got a lot of traditional casino operations in there too and they've also got the wild card with the whole barstool sports which i still like dave portnoy i bought this at 76 bucks and maybe i should have obviously hindsight capital sold it at 86 it's coming back in now um but I don't know. I think I'm probably sticking with it for now. I wonder how seasonal these stocks are too. I mean, seasonal yeah, plays and everything. Yeah, and you you know you come off the Super Bowl, the NCAA championship. Now you just have the NBA. I don't know who bets on the NHL. You know, baseball's baseball. So you know, I, I'm sure their volumes are down. You know, compared to you know the hype. You go with the college football, pro football, and then you get right into college basketball. Uh, you know. College basketball, pro basketball, you know, there's a cycle. And now it's kind of like, you know, baseball. Like, I don't know, you can bet on baseball, but just, I don't think it's. You got the NHL playoffs, but nobody seems to care yeah. about the NHL unless you're in Canada. The Olympics. I, I, there is some good NHL fans in the States, too. I shouldn't say that. But I mean, Canada, we live and die hockey. It's like everybody who's making a bet on sports in Canada, it's a hockey bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So. Uh, all right. A couple minutes left. RCA asked what uh, happened with your, your Corsair, Dennis. I sold it. I did. I looked at it. I was like, when it was 37 and we were talking about it, I was like, oh, I still like the start. It just got stupid. It went to 42.97. It was too much, too fast. And what Kramer was saying, too, is, and he made the good point. I don't know if we've made this point on it. It's like the Reddit stocks, a lot of them, the AMC and GameStop have held up well, but a lot of the other ones do not it seems like there a lot of them have been one and done i mean we saw this mdly the other day it opened at the highs and tanked we've seen this story play out before mitch is saying i'm selling mine he was saying on the show i was like i think i'm gonna sell you know part of it i was saying on the show and i just looked at it and i was like you know what i sold half of it um and then i was like you know what i just turned around and sold the other half too i sold out of 41 i averaged out of 41 and a quarter 
And I just figured I'm going to get it back. And you know what? This comes back into 33. I'm going to rebuy the shares I just sold and I just scalped eight bucks. So I still like the company. It's coming quite a bit here now. I would love to get the stock back at 33. That would be, um, you know, th th that's, you know, where I, you know, th that'd be a nice end on it. Uh, but, you know, this was the one I bought poorly and Reddit bailed me out on it, really. So I'd bought this at $41 back in January, I think it was. And it went up for a while. Um, you can see back in January, it went up to like 47, 48. But I liked the story and I stuck with it. It was one I obviously should have sold when growth came out of favor. You know, this got piled into that, even though it's a little bit of value in there, too, because it's not a crazy valuation. Um, but, you know, it got piled in there and got hit. And then you get a one-day bailout from because they're talking about it on Reddit. So you, you get those Reddit bailouts on stuff that, you know, maybe you bought poorly. Maybe it's a good idea to lock, to, to, to get out. So I basically scratched the trade. You know, I bought a 41 and basically sold a 41. But I'm going to get a chance, I think, to get in a better price. I'm going to rebuy my shares if it's down to 33 or 30, right in there. Fill the gap kind of, Joel. Where would you rebuy your shares? Uh, for hey, the, like yeah, the, the gap. How many like times the are these? Two, yeah. How many times? I mean, just wait for it to come back down to that gap area. I mean, you see it even with Microsoft, these other, you know, these issues. It, it may take a while, but those. Yeah, it may not come right in. Filled. Yep. So right, it came I'm hop, yesterday. Hold I got to hop. I'm going to hop over and cover all the tickers we missed on uh, premarketprep.com. So we'll see everyone at uh, 3.30. Uh, have a good day. All right, Dennis, any final thoughts from you? Or are you out? Um, same thing. It's we're, we're quiet in the overall market. I mean, we had a rip and rally in the last 10 minutes yesterday. Maybe with some buy imbalances driving and SPY ripped up, you know, basically entire day's range plus in the last half an hour. But this is a market that continues to just chop around. Don't chase. You get your prices. You get your chances. You're, it is not paying to chase in these stocks. I know everybody on the Reddit stocks, and it, especially some of these big moves. Like when a stock's up 25 30% because it's been mentioned on Reddit and because somebody started a thread on Reddit and the algos have picked it up, it's, it's it, you know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of follow through there. Kramer said it yesterday, and it's just yeah. such a good point. You know, AMC and GameStop are two of their own animals. They've held up well, but Bed Bath & Beyond was like the third big one to go, yeah. and it's given it all back now. Um, you know, there's been a number of names that have, you know, not held up. Like Kramer's saying they don't have the follow through, and it's kind of spot on. They haven't yet. You know, maybe they're eventually going to start ripping other ones, and they're going to get follow through, but... So I'm using Reddit, but I'm using all of the stocks in general. It just hasn't paid to chase in this environment. Yeah. So be patient. Have your price. I'm buying dips and selling rips. It's still a trading environment here as opposed to, okay, yeah, you got to just buy. You know, even when we're breaking out, there's a breakout I'm going to buy. It's not really been the play to be buying the breakouts. It's been plays to be buying when nobody likes the stock. Like I was giving my example with U.S. Steel as well. I've bought it a few times when it sold off three, four bucks. U.S. Steel comes back down to 24. I sold some shares at 2830 yesterday comes back to 23, 24, I'm probably going to rebuy those shares I sold. So you can see it's just kind of a scalping environment. Yeah, yeah. I do want to take a second, and Dennis, uh, feel free to hop, but I do want to take a second to go over, speaking of Reddit, some of the resources that that I use and some other people have been thinking news to, to sort of keep track of this stuff. Because we were talking about this on the pre-market show. Dennis was like, I go on Reddit to try to figure out what they're talking about, and I I can't understand. You, there's nowhere to follow it, right? Even if you've been on Reddit for like a decade like I yeah. have. It's impossible to follow what is going on there. I went on yesterday and I was yeah. doing the same thing. I was on my cell phone. I'm trying to look, okay, well, what stocks are they talking about? Because, you know, I'm trading stuff and I'm seeing stuff moving. I'm like, where's this Corsair just come out of the blue two days ago? Yeah. From? 
And I see there's like threads on everything and they're talking about all kinds of different stocks and a lot of them aren't moving. So I'm like, how do you determine which one's going to be the next mover? So you have some tools here you want to share. Yeah, there's a couple of tools that, that we've been using here that, that I've been using. For the first one you, you may have heard is Swaggy Stocks. These are both free, by the way. I'm giving these guys free promotion so they can give me a commission later. But uh, <laughs> Swaggy Stocks, um, you, you go to this this Wall Street Bets tab, you go to Ticker Sentiment, there's a, a bunch of data here and they're keeping track. I don't know if this is real time, I don't know how often it's refreshed, but they are keeping track. So Mitch asked about Wolf. Wolf is here, right? It tracks volume of mentions on the subreddit. Um, you can you know, pull up different tickers and you, and you can see the C. This is what's interesting, too, is you can see the change in volume, right? Like there was what was the stock last week? Uh, oh, uh, Cleveland Cliffs, right? We're like all of a sudden, super randomly. Is that even on? Yeah, it's still on here. So just like super randomly. On the eighth, just like a spike in mentions. See, this is why I think that there is some like hedge fund shadiness going on here. Because like, why is see all of a sudden CLF getting a ton of mentions on on Wall Street bets for for no? Do, do those mentions now? Let's bring it up and look. Do they precede the move or are they just you know during the move? Like, is the stock chart? What day was that starting to get mentioned? Right. Let's so just... so so the yellow one, the yellow line there. Oh, is, the stock price. is the price okay okay the blue chart is the volume so maybe it's you a can lot see it's a it's lot hitter yeah, yeah they start talking about it because it starts to move may maybe 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 yeah uh but you can see it also the different colors is, is the difference so it's mostly positive sentiment right and then at the top of course it turns negative um so this this is a good one that i like uh check it out uh you know number of mentions you can see here uh another one that i actually like more than this is quiver quant Okay, um, let me scroll to the top here. So this one, these are both free. Quiverquant, you have to like maybe I think make an account or something. But um, you go to the Wall Street Bet page on Quiverquant and it tracks. It, it, it's you know a different kind of graph, right? Different kind of chart, but it's a, it's the same principle. And you can track the volume of mentions on. And this is specifically Wall Street Bets. I want to add there was like a dozen big subreddits on Reddit devoted to stocks. Uh, there's Super Stonk. Wall Street Bets is not the only one. It is just the largest one. It is where this movement kind of started. But as it happens with the movements, right, they get large enough and they eventually splinter out into their own factions. And that's what's happening on Reddit to an extent. But Wall Street Bets is still the origin of, of this movement, at least on social media. And um, so this is tracking Wall Street Bets, same thing as the other one, but in a different way, right? Um, and I, I actually like this one more. It's got a little heat map here showing you the trend. Right, yeah. um, and it, it looks at it looks at industry, which I like, and short activity. You're right, um, and then the one I like is just straight up this one. Last twenty four hours, right, and this is constantly refreshing. Last twenty four hours, who has the most mentions, right? So CLNE, Wolf, Corsair, AMC, Wish is your top five in mentions over the last twenty four hours. Again, this is quiverquant.com the other one was swaggystocks.com uh both free um i have no relationship to any of these i cannot vouch for this data i this is just what i've been using right to, to track this stuff um so there you helpful go. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful because like I said, I got lost on there. I'm trying to go on there. And, you know, time is valuable as a trader too. I don't want to be sitting here trying to read. I'm missing other trades by like going through Reddit and trying to figure out what the next Reddit stock's going to be. And they're, like I said, there's people that are just trying to get their stocks to move. So they're just starting threads. Uh-huh. You know, they're just randomly starting threads saying, oh, look, and they give the whole fundamental analysis of it all. And it's like, wow, they're just trying to get their stock to go up. You know, some of these people, and some of these people are, are, are doing very good research, you know, but, you know, there's definitely right. some of that going on. And the bots were actually, I guess, the, like I was learning about Reddit last night, I was just on it. And like the moderators will take down certain yeah. threads if they're just so promotional that you can obviously tell somebody's just trying to pump their stock. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, it's good that the mods are doing that. Yeah. I mean, they, they, it's obviously harder to moderate when you get super large, but a lot of these, a lot of these subreddits are automated where, like, if they'll just scrape for certain keywords and you're, you're automatically blocked. If your account is two days old, they'll, and you make a post. Yeah. Because it could just be some right. fund or somebody exactly. just trying to go pump exactly. their stuff. Exactly. So the moderation is generally pretty good. Not to say people don't get around it, and and obviously everyone's trying to promote their stock, but but generally pretty good, and 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 they do their best to uh, to uh, you know cut through the noise. Um, so those are two sites that I use. I, I put the links. It, it's in chat right now. I put both of them in chat. Swaggy Stocks and QuiverQuant.com. Uh, is that's what I've been using. So we've been using Epinzinga because um, you can't go to these places and you actually can't you can't go there and expect to learn anything because it's it's all just noise. It's all just noise. It's a lot of noise. So yeah. trying to cut through the noise. Yeah. All right, Dennis. I missed you, man. I hope you had a good weekend, a good birthday. That yeah, was good. And, uh, yeah. It's been a week since we spoke, if you can believe it. And I'll that's see crazy. you. I'll see you. Uh, see you tomorrow, man. Okay. Thanks. All right. A uh, couple other things. I know we didn't get some uh, uh, many tickers in chat. I wrote a bunch of them down, right? Somebody asked about Wish. Somebody asked about Roblox, uh, Darden Restaurant, Airbnb, Neo. I wrote all that stuff down. Uh, I, I want to get to uh, MSTR as well because they had an offering. Uh, seems like every day this company is doing an offering or like raising money just to buy more Bitcoin. Right there's another one, another headline last night. Right, they filed for a shelf offering, uh, and this was like what the, the third offering in the last like couple weeks. They're just doing it to buy more Bitcoin. I don't understand this. Like, I in one sense, it's an investment, right? They're investing in themselves to an extent, right? Because they their whole point is to just hold Bitcoin. Um, but I don't. So they're raising. I don't know. I don't get it. I I, I mean, I get it, but like. I, I guess I don't understand what the long-term like ramifications of this are. It just seems to me that if Bitcoin ever crashes, micro strategy is going to crash the hardest is what it would seem to me. Um, but um, yeah, Mitch talked about this one last week as well. Uh, good point, Mitch. Um, let me catch up on some other things here. So there was a few offerings, MSTR, Ping as well, P-I-N-G. They had an offering last night. Um Let's see here. Bah, 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 bah. 32 million shares via selling shareholders. So no dilution there. Stock down this morning. Other one that I saw was Vroom, VRM. Uh, bah, bah, bah. And then someone asked about Uber. Uber, there was a thing with Uber, right? Uh, yeah, it's the same thing. Um, offering via selling shareholders. So no dilution. Uber down this morning. Where's the, uh, there was a chart. Uber down two and a half this morning, nonetheless. Uh, 1.3 million shares being sold. Um, okay, what else did I want to catch up on before we hop off? Don't forget, everyone, uh, Fed meeting starts today. We'll hear from Powell and all those guys uh, tomorrow. 
Uh, it's a quad witch week. Uh, E3 wraps up today. And we'll be doing a live stream tonight to sort of wrap up the conference and probably do some gaming as well. If you're into gaming, you're into E3, check out our, our stream probably around uh, 7 o'clock or so Eastern time. And we'll be recapping the whole conference. Microsoft had a big day. Xbox had a big day yesterday or on Sunday. And we'll talk all about that tonight. Uh, we'll talk about uh, here, talk about Corsair, talk about all that stuff. A lot of big news. Uh, and then, yes, someone did. A few people mentioned Amazon. We talked about the rotation into big tech. Amazon Prime Day. Is that like next week? Or it's two days, right? It's the 21st and 22nd. So that's next week. So we are getting there. So if you are looking to trade into an event, we have an event in the form of Prime Day in Amazon next week. Uh, uh, let me. Someone's asking about the URL. Um, for the It's swaggystocks.com, quiverquant.com. Spelled normally, guys. No, no crazy, uh, no, no crazy spelling there. I just put both the links in the other chat as well. Um, and that's kind of it for me. What time is the Fed meeting? Well, the press, re- uh, the press conference is always at um, two thirty, right? The PR comes out at two, and the press conference, I believe, is at two thirty. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I'm ninety nine percent sure that's. That that's that's always right. Um, hey, how many likes are we at today? Let's see if we can get to five hundred. I don't think we're there yet. Let me just check. We are at three twenty-five. Let's get to five hundred likes. I know you guys miss me. I missed you. I was only out for one day, but I missed you guys. I think you missed me. Maybe you didn't miss me. I don't know. I listened to the show yesterday for like five minutes, and then I had to had to go get ready and catch a flight. But um. Drop us a like if you haven't already. We appreciate that. Uh, thanks to our guest today, Nick Shaheen. Again, Nick Shaheen has an options newsletter with Benzinga. The link is in the description, and you really should check it out. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But if you're into options, I, you know, if you've been watching our show, you know Nick's been coming on our show for years and years and years. Nick predates me on this show, okay? He's been coming on the show longer than I've been here. Um, and I've been here for like six years. Um, there's the link up on the screen, but it's in the chat. You can click on it there. Benzinga.com slash premium slash ideas slash Benzinga dash options. Uh, and then to Nick's point, let me let me show you all where to find Nick. Nick is in Benzinga Pro. You're in Benzinga Pro, right? There's our news feed, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Go to that chat thing on the left-hand side. You got your different channels here. By the way, there's the Benzinga TV channel. And uh, scroll down. Boom. BZ Options. This is where Nick hangs out. You don't get enough Nick Shaheen? He's here all the time, right there in Benzinga Pro. If you're like, damn, how do I get here? Very simple. You go to pro.benzinga.com. There's the link up on the screen. Free two-week trials for everybody. Everybody gets a free two-week trial. No obligations, no credit card. No, nothing. If you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm interested in more. How do I learn more? Number one, you can email onboarding at Benzinga.com. That is a, uh, that's, that's what I would do probably. If you had a question, I would just go straight to the source, email those guys. Somebody on that team will get back to you within, I don't know, minutes, maybe, hopefully, maybe seconds. Um, if you decide you want to get Benzinga Pro, then why not use this discount code? We 
put it up on the screen every every so often. The code's up on the screen. YouTube twenty Y O U T U B E two zero. It'll get you twenty percent off any Benzinga Pro subscription, whether it's a monthly, whether it's an annual. We have different tiers. Get you access to different stuff. Twenty percent regardless. YouTube twenty again. Pro onboarding at Benzinga Okay, uh, what's coming up next here on the stream? We've got live trading at the open with David Green. At least I think we do. You guys know what happens when, when I when I when I'm out and I come back in. I have don't always know what's going on, but I but I believe David Green's coming on today. He's on the, he's on my calendar, which if he's on my calendar means you should come on. Uh, Spax Attack guys, they got another good one today. They're going to be interviewing Matthew Tuttle. Uh, if you've been listening to pre-market prep long enough, you remember him from our show. But Matt Tuttle is got he, he's got the SPAC ETF, and then he's got the DSPAC ETF. Um, and if you know me, you know I love ETF, so I will be definitely tuning in to hear Matt Tuttle talk about SPACs and SPAC ETFs. That'll be at 11.15 Eastern Time today right here on YouTube.com slash Benzinga TV. We got the Power Hour, as always, at Noon today, we got Nancy Lurker. She's the CEO of iPoint Pharmaceuticals, ticker EYPT. We got Get Technical. We got the BZ Crypto Show. We got Biotech Buzz, the At the Close Show. We got Cannabis Insider. After hours, the Ryan Rose Bianchi. Then we're going to do our E3 recap after that. Uh, and I think I took care of all of the housekeeping on that front. Is there anything I missed in chat? Let me see here. I don't think there is. How is wait? How is DraftKings doing? Let's let's just look at the chart. KNG. Uh, one minute. Uh, okay. All right. Wow. So it hasn't really stopped yet. Okay. Obviously, a lot still to shake out at the open. DraftKings has not, has not stopped. And let's look at Penn while we're here. Penn hasn't stopped either. A little bit. Okay. Interesting. Again, like, short report, you know, it speaks for itself. Uh, to me, a lot of the allegations, they're not, I don't want to say not as serious, but it's not in the same vein as, like, these guys are total frauds, Right. They don't have a business. They don't have a product. That's not what this report is saying. That's what Hindenburg has alleged in other instances with certain electric car companies, but not here. They're just saying black market, illicit activity. Uh, the market doesn't know about it yet. Um, so again, they're not saying Disney Trackings has no business. To me, that makes it a little, a little likely to come back. If it were me. You know, not serious is not the right term, not serious enough, but um, I don't know. Maybe like less implications. I think, come on, let's be honest, guys. If you're in sports betting, if you're in gaming at all, you you know that there are, there's got to be in some way, shape, or form or some ties to illegal activities, right? Like that's like, I feel like that's par for the course. If you don't know that, then I don't know. That just seems normal to me. What can I? Yeah, isn't all betting mob related? That's exactly right. That's what I thought. All betting is mob related. 
Uh, anyway, I wrote down those tickers in the chat. We'll cover those throughout the day. If you want to hang out, ask David Green to look at your tickers at 925 whenever he starts. Um, you can do that as well. Everyone, please remember all the information from our show, from all of our shows, actually, is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. And the views expressed do not represent those of Benzinga. Thanks to all of you in our chat. There is, of course, the YouTube chat. There is a chat on Twitch. There's people who engage with us on Twitter. There is a chat on Benzinga Pro. And there is a chat on Benzinga.com. We have way 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 too many chats i can't keep track of them all i'm sorry if you feel neglected the the youtube one is the most active so that's where i spend most of my attention again guys drop us a like if you can we're at 435 oh i almost want to hang out just till we get to 500 435 right now drop us a like if you can if you haven't subscribed to benzinga on youtube please do so we appreciate that we got 10 minutes before the Open, so I'm going to hop off. Again, David Green is going to live trade the Open, um, at least hopefully, in the next five minutes. I'm going to play some music, and then this stream will redirect straight to David Green, so you don't have to, do, have to do anything on that front. Everyone, good luck today. Good luck at the Open. I will see you a little bit later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.